Okay, so let's start with the news of the day. The news of the day, Carson Wentz is going to be out 5 to 12 weeks. He's going to have to undergo foot surgery. Now, it was reported 5 to 12, uh, I think actually maybe yesterday, last night or this morning. But now we, we've kind of got more of a closer deadline. Took him more like 8 to 10. You know, it, it, th there is a chance that he could come back as early as week 7, but it looks like week 5 is probably out of the question now after they did the re- they did like a reassessment, looking like that might be out of the question, but you never know. Any everybody's heal, everybody bodies heals differently, right? That's uh, everybody has a different body, so everybody heals differently, and we never really know. But what we do know is he's gonna miss significant time this season. And my first thought when I saw this this morning, my first thought when I saw that he had a foot injury last week was, okay, you know, hey, stay off of it. You know, you're gonna be all right. You know, this is not gonna go down to dark. And then, look, here we go on Monday, August 2nd, and now he's having surgery, and he's out 5 to 12 weeks, probably more likely 8 to 10 weeks. I, my heart hurts for the Colts. My heart hurts for the Colts. I like Chris Ballard. I think that organization is a top-notch organization. I think it's one of the best in the league. And I, I just think they just get bad break after bad break. I mean, they, they drafted Andrew Luck. He had to retire early. Now they, take, now they make a big swing, got Carson Wentz, and now he's hurt. And I look... There's good news and bad news for this, okay? Bottom line is that there's good news and bad news. My heart hurts for the Colts because they're in a, in a terrible situation. Here's the bad news. This sucks. The bad news is plain and simple that your quarterback, essentially your first-round quarterback who you traded for, now you, now you didn't give up a whole lot, but you're paying him a lot of money. It's like $30 million, $35 million, right? You're paying him a lot of money, and he gets hurt. A guy that who is not coming off the best season – Right, looked pretty bad last year. All right, a guy who is kind of been injury prone now, going back to college. You know, I know he was fully healthy for the entire season last year, and going back the year before that, 2019. Look, he he got concussion, but he was healthy for most of the season. So I don't know if injury prone. I would say the last two seasons he's been pretty healthy. Now he's had some nicks and bruises, but who doesn't? It's the NFL. He plays quarterback. He's having 11 guys try to destroy his face in every single play. He's going to get nicked up. Now, can he stay healthy? That's the thing. Can he get over that? Well, this foot thing is not great. So this sucks. Bottom line, you're going to have to roll out either Jacob Eason, who I don't think can play at this level at all, or Sam Ellinger, who I really like, and I, and I loved watching him in college. Sam Ellinger was a great quarter, quarterback at Texas. He made me love watching these Texas games. But is he ready to step up week one in the NFL? Absolutely not. He's a rookie. One, two, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have what you need. Maybe he could develop over time. Maybe Sam could be a backup. So you're going to roll out one of these two guys unless you go and grab somebody. And when I say that, please don't jump out the woodwork and say Nick Foles. We're not even, maybe we'll get talk about that, but it's not Nick Foles. So that's bad news. The Colts are a win now team. They're ready to go right now. Right, they got the defense for it. They they got some offensive pieces that they really like. Some young guys. The offensive line is there. They took a big swing to go out and get a quarterback who was gonna win the MVP until he got hurt in 2017. Right, we know the talents there. They obviously hit they they hit a freaking wall, right? Because they can't beat the Bills. They can't beat the Chiefs. I mean, the 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 Colts last year against the Bills, they played great, and they couldn't beat them with Philip Rivers as their quarterback. Clearly. They knew it. They needed to upgrade, and they did. And, and and I know everyone's sitting here like, oh, look, oh, that's a bad move, trading for Carson Wentz. I don't think so. I still would have done it. 
nine times out of ten. Honestly, probably ten times out of ten, I would have done this because you got to get the quarterback right. Okay, this is ba bad news. Bad news is that, well, you, you made this move. But you made this move so far ahead of the draft. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're Ballard, Chris Ballard, the GM, you're like, okay, well, look, Justin Fields, Tre uh, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, you know, those guys probably aren't going to be there. Now I hear this Trey Lance talk. Are these guys going to be there? Remember, they were drafting, what, 22nd, 23rd? So they, they weren't even thinking the possibility of, of Justin Fields falling to 12. So they went out and made a move. That's what you got to do. When, you, when, when an opportunity is presented with you, you got to take it. You at least got to look into it. And they looked into it. They were able to get him for not a lot. It's not like they gave up two ones and a two for the guy. So if they need to cut him next year, they can. And the only thing they lose is the 30, 35 that they're paying him this year. So at the end of the day, they didn't give up a lot, but it just sucks. It's a bummer for the Colts. It really is. And I know you're like, oh, well, you know, this guy, can he stay healthy? Can he be the guy? You know, can the Colts, you know, actually win? I, I, I think they can. I, I, you know, you might be looking at it like this is a disaster season. Let's pump the brakes for a second. That's the bad news. Let's look at the good news. Good news is the Colts playing in the AFC South. Who's in the AFC South? Let's see. I don't know. Houston, disaster. Okay, their their quarterback once out. They, their first year head coach. They got problems left and right. They haven't get. They, they don't have a draft pick till twenty thirty five because they've given up all of their freaking picks. It's a disaster there. Absolutely, they, they they just gotten rid of talent after talent. I don't see Houston being very good. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They just drafted first overall. They just took Trevor Lawrence. At most, the Jags are winning seven games. So you have Houston and Jacksonville Jaguars are two out of the four teams, well, three teams that you have to place face in your division. Now you look at the other team, it's Tennessee. And you look at Tennessee right here on paper from what they've done the last two years ago. Oh, yeah, see, there's no chance. The Colts have no chance to win their division. Tennessee's going to win it. Well, Tennessee won their division last year with 11 wins. It's not like, it's not like you know, they're throwing up 13, 14 wins. Their defense isn't very good. And any any team can stumble again. I mean, they kind of play down to their competition a lot of the times. Now, I think Tennessee is going to be better than what they were last year. But hey, they got a new they got a new defensive coordinator. They got a new offensive coordinator. Okay, they're trying to get all these things going. They're trying to get their defense there because their defense is what's lacking. Now, if you're the Colts, you look around, you go, you're in this division. You don't know who you're really going to roll out as quarterback. I I, I mean, if anybody at all, but your defense is so good. You have a top 10, top 5 defense in this league. If you can just be manageable the first 8 weeks of the season and go 3-5 and five and just be manageable and win some 17, 14 games, you know, some 13, 11, 10 games, you know, just some hard fought. Your defense is carrying you. You're able to score, you know, get in field goal range. Maybe you put up a touchdown. If you're able to be manageable 8, 9 weeks of the year, right, be 3-5, and five, be 4-6, and six, you know, Something like that, and Carson Wentz can come back, and Carson Wentz can maybe, well, he'll definitely be more productive than what you have on the field, more than likely. Maybe you can catch, maybe you catch fire. Maybe you could make a playoff push. Who? Maybe they could win 10 games. If they're 3-5, and five, eight weeks through the season, Carson Wentz comes back, he's fully healthy, and he can play at a capability where, I don't know, let's say he's the 17th best quarterback in the league. I, I don't think it's, I mean, I think the Colts could at that point win nine games. Now are they going to win their division? More than likely not. But I don't think it's. I don't think Colts fans should just go. This season, this season's absolutely over. I, I think there's I, because of the division that you play in, because of the division you play in. I, I think there's a chance. I really do. I think there's a chance. A, a very slim chance, and this sucks for you really bad. But you have a great coach. You have a great defense. 
You play in a division that's very weak. Now, they start the season really, really tough. I think they start the season, they have the Browns, the Rams, the Ravens, the Seahawks. They start, the first five weeks, are uh, it's no slouch. They have Miami, at Miami, it's no slouch. So, I mean, they could go 0-5 right off the bat because they just they just can't put any points on the board. Unless Jonathan Taylor can, and that Naheem Hines and that run game really gets going. But who's going to be their quarterback? The Colts are in a little bit of a trouble. They're in a little trouble here. They really are. It sucks. I don't think it's as bad as everybody's jumping to assume it's being because I think this team is ready to win right now. They are built to win right now. You just have to cross your fingers if you're a Colts fan. You got to cross your fingers and hope that you could stay manageable. Just keep your head above water and hope that Carson Wentz can come back and be even a slither of what he showed in 2017 and in 2019 when he when he took that lawn chairs and deck furniture of a fucking offense that the Eagles had to the division championship and a playoff appearance. Let's not forget that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so if he can even be a glimmer of what of what that was, then I mean, look, I I think the Colts can maybe wrangle it in, go eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. Maybe they catch a couple breaks in one of these games. Maybe they catch a couple breaks in one of these early games against the Ravens, early games against the uh, Seahawks, early games against the Rams with with the new Matthew Stafford still trying to learn the offense, and that defense maybe is just too much, and they're able to win one of these games, and you look up Week 8, and they're 4-4. Four and four. I would go, holy shit, you're 4-4 four and four Week 8? Okay, we can ride. I'm just just a little optimism here because there was a lot of negativity. And I know I like Carson Wentz and I and I think a lot higher of him than other people. And look, today I look wrong. Today I look wrong about this move that they did. I do. I look wrong. But I don't think let's I don't think I'll look wrong in a year or two. Let's just wait and see. Okay, injuries happen. It's not like he tore his MCL. It's not a season injury injury. He can come back. He's got to put in the work to come back. We'll see how Carson Wentz really wants it. Because if we look up Carson Wentz's back week seven, we're like, okay, that guy had to put in some work to get back. He had to. There's no way you just come back from foot surgery when you're expected to be out eight to ten weeks, maybe maybe 11 or 12. You come back week seven, and you didn't put the work in. That would be a great sign if you're a Colts fan. Fantastic sign for that franchise and organization. It's a bad day, though. It's a bad day for Indianapolis. Can't catch a break. And my, my heart bleeds for you right now. My heart bleeds for you. Okay, let's jump to the NFC with a team who just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback in the New Orleans Saints. And they got some problems. Just like Indianapolis got some problems, Saints got, Saints got some problems with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has now gotten his surgery, which he probably should have done about two months ago. And he's going to miss about two months, maybe more, of the season. So the t- one of the best wide receivers in the league is going to miss all this time. Sean Payton was not happy about it. He had a press conference earlier, uh, late last week, was not happy about it. He was saying he doesn't understand why this wasn't done months ago. What's going on? It sucks that he were not. He's not going to be on the uh, on the field with his teammates. You know, he was pretty much taking little su- subtle jabs at Michael Thomas, which has done in the past, and Michael has done towards Sean. But to me, I'm looking at the situation at Michael Thomas, and it's it's a Shaquille O'Neal situation. It's a, I got hurt on company time, so I'm going to rehab on company time. Clearly, Michael Thomas did not, did not want to ruin his summer vacation. He was in the islands. And he was in multiple places. He went to, he went to multiple different countries this off, this summer. And he clearly did not want to ruin his summer. So he's going to, he got hurt on company time. He's going to rehab on company time. That's what he's doing. This is not good. Michael Thomas got suspended last year. Remember that one game he punched a teammate? 
He, it was all this, he's hurt, is he not hurt, is he hurt? He's practicing the whole week, and then he's on the doubtful list, questionable list, and then he doesn't play. It was real weird last year. It was weird between him and Sean. This is getting ugly, and it's not good for the Saints, who have just, who just retired their Hall of Fame quarterback and have now starting Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, one of the two. So you have a guy that's small and I don't know who can really play the position fully, and a guy that's just, I don't know, maybe underdeveloped or maybe just doesn't have it at all and is not that good. And you're going to lose your best offensive weapon, well, second best offensive weapon behind Alvin Kamara? It's just, this isn't looking good. And honestly, I, I, I can see Michael Thomas not even be on this team come next year. He, and for the amount of money that he's paying, I could see it go this year. I could see come 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 week six, seven, or eight, Michael Thomas be traded off the New Orleans Saints. I know it sounds crazy. Russ, what are you talking about? He's so good. 130 catches three straight years in a row or whatever ridiculous amount it was. I get that. And he is, he was really good. But I'm using, I'm still using the was, not the is. Because since Michael Thomas has signed that massive deal, he has not done dog shit, ladies and gentlemen. I repeat, he has not done dog shit. And this this goes to my argument on not paying wide receivers and not paying running backs all this money. I'm just not going to pay top dollar for a running back or wide receiver unless they're fucking Walter Payton, you know. Or like Larry Fitzgerald, Randy Moss. Like you gotta be, you have to be game changer, alternate, all, all amazing, all time, everything for as a running back or a wide receiver for me to pay you as much as Michael Thomas is getting paid. Cause he's over here getting paid and now he's rehabbing on the sidelines. You're not even gonna be on the game. I'm paying you 17, I'm 20, what is it, 20 million dollars a year as a wide receiver for you to rehab on company time and not be in the game when I have two young, well, one old quarterback who's young in the league and one young quarterback who's been on a team, got booted, is trying to rebuild. We're trying to build something here in New Orleans. You're going to be on the sidelines? I don't know. Sean Payton doesn't like it, clearly. I don't like it. Something fishy's going on. And to be honest, I I, I think it's Michael Thomas. I think I think a lot of people around the league and fans and everybody, we looked at Michael Thomas as this all kind of character guy, but that's just really because he didn't really say much. Right? He didn't really say much, and nobody knew a lot out of him coming out of Ohio State. Because when he was in Ohio State, it was in that time where they were going through their Urban Meyer days, and they, and they, they had the, the sanction on them, and they couldn't win the national championship. They couldn't, their bowl games didn't matter. And they didn't really have a top uh, quarterback, and then Michael Thomas was the biggest player on their team. And no one really heard about them, but they're still Ohio State. I mean, he just didn't talk a lot, and Michael Thomas doesn't talk a lot. And we just, we just see him make big plays, and we see him do his press conference, and he kind of we seem like he says the right things. But is he an asshole? Because now this is three years in a row. Because let's take it back to last year when he got suspended. This year now doing what he did. And three years ago, he had some more stuff going on. So, is this guy just an asshole? Is this guy just is just a, one of those guys that's like, look, look, I got my money. It's all about me now. I, you know, when I'm ready to play, I'll get in the game and we'll win because I'm in the game. That's where it's going. I'm getting a little Terrell Owens vibes. And why, why should I be surprised it's a wide receiver? I'm not. They're the most prima donna players in the league. And I'm not trying to say it and like put them down so much because I love wide receivers. Fuck, my great, my favorite player of all time is a wide receiver. Okay? They're, they're very essential to the game, especially now in 2021. I get it, it's a passing league. We need them. But there's a shit ton of them. 
And we, I don't need seven Julio Joneses on my team. Right? I don't need 18 fucking Devontae Adams on my team. No, I need a Devontae Adams and some role players. And may, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a solid number two and some role players. Some different guys that fit my package well. I, I just uh, Michael Thomas is over here. He runs slants and out routes. Right? He runs slants and he runs out routes. And he does it better than probably anybody I've ever seen. He runs a better slant than any wide receiver I've ever seen, not named Chris Carter or Larry Fitzgerald. I will take that to my grave. He runs it better than T.O., runs it better than Randy Moss. He runs it better than every single wide receiver I've ever seen on film, live, anything, than, than Chris Carter and, and Larry Fitzgerald. Runs a slant. He runs one of the best out routes I've ever seen as well. The dude's a stud. But can he maintain this? Is he just going to keep getting hurt? Is he going to be able to get in the game and be productive? Because he wasn't last year when he was in the game. Go look at his numbers that he actually played. He didn't do shit. He was not productive. He didn't even look like he cared most of the time. This is not a wide receiver. This is not a guy I'm going to pay. If I'm Sean Payton, if I'm this organization, I'm upset right now. I'm, I, I got to see how this goes. I got to see how the next month goes. Right right before the season starts. Where's his attitude? Is he there mentally? Right? Does he want to be there? Or is he just off and lost? Hey, I'm just rehabbing, guys. You know, I'll see you when I see you. If that's the case, maybe start looking for some people. Because there are some teams around the league right now that would that would easily trade for a Michael Thomas. Teams that think they can win a Super Bowl. That think that they're this close. Or like, oh yeah, we can go get that guy. Now he's expensive. He's expensive. And honestly, they're probably going to have to give up something. I mean, Michael Thomas is going to go for a first-round pick. Is he not? Yeah, I would think so. Even 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 coming off the injury, even being injured right now, maybe that does some factors to it, maybe a second-rounder. But there's some teams, maybe shop them. I just, I just, it's getting not okay in New Orleans. All right, let's go into a little NFC West, little 49ers training camp. And Trey Lance is all the rage. He really is. He's all the rave. Not rage, rave. And they just can't stop talking about him. Kyle Shanahan came out. Was he on Adam Schefter's podcast or Rich? Or something like that. He said that he really has picked it up a lot faster than he thought. And when he made the statement about Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter unless something crazy happens, he even said it in this, I think it was on Adam Schefter's podcast. You know, he said, you know, I just didn't want to put a lot of pressure on Trey. I didn't want to make him feel like he's got to be the man right now because he doesn't. He can come along. If he needs a year, he needs a year. That's fine. We, we feel happy and comfortable we have in Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he goes on to say, but I just didn't think that Trey was going to pick it up as fast as he had and look as good as he had in the timing throws. Now, that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to make a big deal about some rookie. That's throwing in training camp without any pads on. Because pads didn't come out till today. Today was pad day, baby. You was all pads before that. Today they putting on the shells, baby. They got they got everything on. And we cracking. And we popping. And you can't really see what a quarterback has or really anybody has until you throw the pads on and you start banging. Because that's when you can really see a player's true character. When you start going up. I don't care what you look like in shirts and shorts. Most of the time, right? You just, you know, you can tell if he's got it. You know, if you throw different arm angles, cool. Let's see what you got when the pads come on. And today's the pads come on. So I'm not trying to make too much out of this. But the but what Kyle said about the timing, the timing throws, that's what really was like, okay. Because in Kyle Shanahan's offense, the Shanahan West Coast power run offense pretty much, it takes what Bill Walsh did really, really well with the West Coast offense and created. A lot of play actions, zone runs, some power dives, right? And Mike Shanahan combined his own little flair on that 
to make what we have now in today's West Coast offense pretty much is the Shanahan offense. If a team is running the West Coast, unless they run a traditional West Coast, you're running some version of the Shanahan offense now. The Rams, the Packers, the Niners, uh, the Vikings, these teams uh, run it. Now the uh, Arthur Smith in the Atlanta, he's going to run it there. Tennessee, that's what Tennessee was running. This is what This is what these teams run now. So it's a little mixture of both, and it's a lot of timing throws. Ryan Tannehill is able to thrive in Arthur Smith's offense, who was a, a, a off of the Shanahan tree, because Ryan Tannehill is really good at timing routes. Ryan Tannehill's not the I mean, he can make some plays. Ryan Tannehill, if you give Ryan Tannehill a timing route, you need to throw this in three seconds, and he throws it to this spot. He's pretty good. We've seen that. He's been very productive. If you can do that in the Shanahan system, and you can have an arm and the ability to move like Trey Lance, holy shit. It's literally Aaron Rodgers on steroids is what Trey Lance would be. It would be Aaron Rodgers on steroids because Trey Lance is like, I don't know, way faster than Aaron Rodgers. Way more athletic. I don't know if his arm, his arm is big. I would say their arms are probably just the same. I can't really say. I haven't seen him throw. Now, like, again, I'm not trying to make a huge statement about this. I'm just trying to state in the Shanahan offense specifically. And he was talking about the timing throws, and that's what you need. If Trey Lance can be, can be there on his timing patterns and know, and know the audibles by week one, there's no reason he shouldn't start. And I think Kyle knows that. Now, is he going to be there fully? No. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be the starter week one. No, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to go to the Colts because the Colts are not going to pay to get Jimmy Garoppolo's $15 million and then pay fucking uh, Carson Wentz $35 million. That's too much for quarterbacks that un- also gets hurt. Who knows Jimmy's going to be healthy if the Colts do that. That's not going to happen, just in case that was your thought while I'm talking about the Niners and I've already talked about the Colts. Trust me, I've thought about it. It's not going to happen. But it is interesting... How, how Kyle worded it. And, and I would like to, I've been following Kyle Shanahan since he was on Atlanta. And I've been a big fan of him because growing up, Terrell Davis and John Elway and that Mike, Mike Shanahan Broncos team was one of my favorites. Now, I was young, but on an old video game, I always played with the Broncos. I always, I had a Broncos poster. I, I kind of was a little bit of a Broncos fan. I really was when I was younger. And, and, and the Shanahan offense grasped me. And Kyle grasped me when he was in Atlanta. And I've watched him in Atlanta. And then now he's here in San Francisco. So I think I've had, I've watched a lot of press conferences of Kyle. I think I have a pretty good idea. And the way that he worded it was very interesting. And it peeps my curiosity, right? It kind, it kind of just, it kind of poked it up my curiosity more on Trey Lance maybe being the potential starter three or four weeks, maybe five weeks into the season than I thought before. Now, this doesn't mean Trey is the freaking best. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm trying. That's not what I'm trying to say here. Something isn't everything, but everything is always something. So there's a little something in this. There's a little something that he's turning heads. There's a little something about the way Kyle's talking about him. And honestly, for the San Francisco 49ers, kind of looks pretty bright. Okay, let's get into the topic that I know everyone is excited to hear me talk about the Aaron Rodgers press conference. So Aaron Rodgers is now, he's been fully back with the Packers organization. You know, he showed up on time first day of training camp last Monday, a week ago from today. He had his press conference. What was it? Wednesday or Thursday or one of those days. And it was smart. It was elegant. It was a good watch. It was about 25 minutes. I watched the entire thing twice. I watched it twice. 
And Aaron Rodgers is a very smart guy. So when he talks, it's going to sound sophisticated. He's going to use words and terms, and he's going to go around in a way where usual smart people do or good liars do, kind of like myself, and they're able to kind of manipulate the conversation even in a setting as a press conference. And he's good at it. And it was a good press conference. It really was. I thought, okay, wow, he was really open. He he, he, he pretty much explained why he was upset. You know, it wasn't about the salary. It was about security. He didn't feel like he was he had a security, you know, in the 2021 season and beyond. And he wanted that, you know, partly because they took Jordan Love. You know, you took this guy. Am I going to be replaced how I replaced Brett's? Yada, 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 so on, so on. And he goes up and talk about Brian Gudikins. Yada, yada, yada. He doesn't really like the guy. And then he goes on and talks about how he wants to be more involved. And he just wants to have, you know, just more say. Just wants to be more involved. He wants to talk about some free agents. Wants to wants to be in conversations. That's what he wants. He just wants some conversations. He just wants to be talked to. He wants to be sat down, right? He wants a list of players and say, we're looking at this guy, this guy, and this guy. Aaron, what do you think? Let's give us your grade. That's what he wants, essentially. He wants, like, a, like, like give him a color book, a coloring book, right? Some crayons, and he could just mark down some names that he likes on his coloring book, and he could just color it in as he goes. Oh, let's get Randall Cobb. Oh, James Jones, I like him. Oh, I like that guy. He could just write in his coloring book, right? Because we got to be careful of his very sensitive, sensitive, sensitive self. you got to treat him like a child a little bit. Coloring book and give it to the team. That's what he wants, and that's fine. But Aaron Rodgers went on to say how he wants to help the organization improve from their past mistakes. Verbatim, I would like to be more involved and help the organization improve from past mistakes. Then when somebody asked him about past mistakes, you know, he said he was referring to the players that the organization has let go in his tenure. And then he went to list like 11 players. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, Charles Woodson... A.J. Hawk, Clay Matthews, you get the picture. He went through and listed these players and just, just started talking. I mean, yeah, these players all could have still played. They didn't talk to me about it, and they just left. In reality, this is an NFL team, Aaron. The, I, think it was tw- I think it was 14, 14 players. 12 of the 14 players that the Green Bay Packers released they were definitely the right decision to make for your team financially. What are you going to pay Jordy Nelson? Why would you, why would you, why would the Packers pay Jordy Nelson what he wanted? He wanted like a four-year, $40 million deal. Jordy Nelson was not worth that. Randall Cobb was not worth what he wanted. Charles Woodson was at the end of his career. Charles Woodson's the only one you can really make a case for, but can you really? He switched from corner to safety. He was clearly at the tail end of his career. Clay Matthews was done. Clay Matthews hasn't made a sack in three freaking seasons, man. You're talking about guys who aren't making impact on your team anymore. You're not talking about the guys that are currently on your team that can make an impact for you right now to win a Super Bowl. It, it, it just blew my mind. And it also blew my mind how many times he mentioned that he was an MVP. He mentioned it like seven times. Well, I'm an MVP. And as an MVP, you would think that guys, you know, you know they would want to use me to lure free agents here. That's pretty much what he was saying. And he said MVP, MVP so many times. I've never watched a press conference where an all-time greatest sat up there and talked about how many MVPs he's won. This is Aaron Rodgers, ladies and gentlemen. This is him. Aaron Rodgers is not the ultra-competitor winner. I'm sorry, he's not. That's why he only has one Super Bowl. That's not him. Aaron Rodgers is Joe Namath. The cool guy. 
The relaxed. He's just Joe Namath, but opposite, right? He's Mr. California cool. He's nothing bothers him. You know, he wants to win, but he doesn't have the drive like Joe. Joe had a drive in his heart. He's just Joe Namath, uh, like Joe Namath, Broadway Joe. Uh, the magazine saw him. But that's what Aaron is every freaking day, on and off the field. This Packer team does not, it's not, I don't think it's going to be good. I mean, I, 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 how do people, some teammates in the locker room, look, you're, you're glad that you have your MVP quarterback back. I'll say MVP a lot because Aaron said MVP a lot. So let's keep saying MVP, Aaron. So you have your MVP quarterback back. Cool. As a player, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, cool, that's good. We're a better team. Yes, you are a better team because Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. But are you going to be a better team than you have the past couple years? First of all, you just went back-to-back 13-3 seasons. You know how hard that is in the NFL? You know how hard that is to maintain for three straight years? You know how hard it is to go to three straight NFC Championship games? So you got to assume that, I mean, look, I know they're still a good team, and I think they are a good team, but there's got to be some some cliff somewhere that they're going to fall off eventually, even if even with or without all this Aaron Rodgers stuff. But the Packers don't start very good. They, they don't. And now I have the Packers winning 10 games, 10 and 7. Let's let's just let's just look at let's just look. They start with the Saints at home at New Orleans. I I don't I don't care no Michael Thomas or not. I I don't care any of that. They start with Michael. That's going to be a tough game because week one. But they're going to win that game because Saints don't have a quarterback, right? And they're not going to have Michael Thomas. It's going to be tough, but the Packers should win that game. Then they're th- then they're at the Lions and they should go six and zero in in their division. That's fine. So they're at the Lions. That's, they start off with two wins. Then they then they play the Niners and I think they're at they're in they're at. San Francisco, they're going to lose that game. The Niners are a better team than they are. They're going to come in mentally better. They're going to come in physically better. They're going to win. And then they go on three straight wins. The Steelers, the Bengals, the uh, the, uh, the Bears. Then they play Washington football team, Arizona, Kansas City, and the Seahawks. I think they split two and two in that. I think they split two and two. Then you then you have the, the then before your bye, you have the uh, Vikings and the Rams. You lose to the Rams. That's gonna be that's gonna be Sunday night football, I think, or is that Fox game of the week? It's one of those two. Matthew Stafford, week twelve. That team is gonna be better than you. Team is just gonna be better than the Packers. So they lose that game. Then they have their bye. Then they're gonna beat the Bears, of course. Then they play the Ravens at home and the Browns. Those are both losses. And then they finish they finish the season with two wins against the Vikings and the in the Lions. That's ten and seven. That's right where I think they should be. That's where Vegas has them now. Aaron Rodgers, you did nothing to improve your team. You only hurt your team by this. This None of this actually made sense and did anything. And you got up on your press conference while I did think it was elegant and smart and, and your choice of words were good. At the end of the day, you just talked about me, me, me. My MVP, MVP. You know, I, the organization's made all these mistakes. I can help them fix them. Can you, Aaron? Or what, what do you want? Do you want to sit in every freaking meeting? You know how many meetings there are every day that these these GMs and, and these players, so the players, scouts, and all that have to go through. So, Aaron, you want to sit in all those? You want to get an email every freaking time one set out? No, you just want to be talked about the big name players and players on your team. You just want a little bit of honestly. This was just a power move. This was just a little bit. Hey, I'm gonna pull it out on the table and flop it out. Yours isn't bigger than mine, so you're gonna back down. That's what Aaron did. And the Packers back down. They, 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 I mean, I, I don't, I don't see Aaron being on this team next year. They win the Super Bowl. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be great this year. I don't, I don't expect Aaron to have a fantastic season. Last year, at this time, right now, I had Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP. I thought he was going to win the MVP. I still kick myself every day for not putting money on it. He won the MVP. 
I have almost the exact opposite feeling right here than I did a year ago about Aaron Rodgers not, I mean, not winning the MVP. I'm very strong about that. I don't think he's going to have a terrible season, but 10-7 and 7 is where I think the Packers sit. And if one of the, if Devontae Adams gets hurt or Aaron gets a little nicked up or somebody gets hurt and maybe it starts going wrong and you lose two in a row, what happens? Does the ship keep sailing or does Aaron just sink the whole fucking thing? All right, so let's just pop around with some uh, news around the league, a little NFL news. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Eagles' first-round draft pick, wide receiver out of Alabama. He weighs about 120 pounds. He's like 5'10". Oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. Maybe out for a month. Could be more. Maybe two. This, this was my concern with this guy coming in. Look, he won the Heisman Trophy. He had a great season. He was fantastic on a fantastic team. But physically... Is he going to be able to compete in the NFL? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Part of ability is availability. Are you going to be available to me? Or are you just going to be hurt all the time like Deshaun Jackson? And Deshaun Jackson didn't even get hurt till like maybe his fourth or fifth year in the season. In the year. In, sorry. In the league. So at least he started putting in some work before all those injuries started happening. He got injured every... It seemed like Deshaun Jackson, after his like fourth year, he was getting hurt every freaking week. Every week he had something wrong with him. Now, then this could be Devontae Smith. He could have something wrong with him every single week. I I didn't love him coming out. I thought he was fantastic. I don't know if I would have taken him personally, and I said that during the draft process. I don't know if I would have taken him. I, there was about four wide receivers I would have taken over him, but he's a good player, and the Eagles got something here if he could stay healthy because of how dynamic he is with the ball. But can he stay healthy? That was my issue with this guy. And all of a sudden, boom, here we go in August. He's out for a month, maybe two. Not good. The Cleveland Browns extended uh, Nick Chubb. They gave him a, a, a contract extension. What was it? It was three years. Uh, oh, unprepared. God, terrible. I have it right here. Uh, three, it was, yes, three year, $36.6 million extension, $20 million guaranteed, $12 million signing bonus. So let me read that one more time. It's a three-year, $36.6 million extension. They gave him 20 guaranteed with 12 at signing. So pretty much at signing, they gave him 32 of their $36 million. Nick Chubb took a team-friendly deal because he wants to be with the Cleveland Browns. This is a solid, solid move for the Cleveland Browns. This is what I like. Nick Chubb, you signed him. He had a year left on his deal. You give him more. You give him three years more or two years on his deal. Now he's here. He's locked in for five years. You're only paying him now because you gave him so much guaranteed. You're pretty much just not. You're paying, you're paying him the same. Who he's getting like $9 million a year. This is a deal. A steal for one of the best running backs in the league. This is how you do it. Nick Chubb knows how to do it. The Browns know how to do it. This is not overpaying for a running back. This is the sweet spot. 100% sweet spot. Nick Chubb should be on the Browns, I think, his entire career because a guy does not take this kind of deal. This is a special running back taking this kind of deal. Okay, he, Nick Chubb could have held out not taking the extension. Next year, it could have got a shit ton of money. Christian McCaffrey money, Dalvin Cook money, Zeke money. He could have got that. Now, he already got paid a good amount of money, right? I think it was like $60 million guaranteed or whatever his first contract. Now they just, ex they just extended him. Three more years to give him five years. And essentially, they're pretty much just giving him all that money guaranteed. It's a win-win no-brainer. 
This is a better deal than the Aaron Jones deal for the Packers, and I thought that was the best deal of running the best deal for a running back in the league. This is better. This is fantastic. This is going to mean the Browns are going to have room in the next couple years to do what? Sign Baker Mayfield. Sign Jarvis Landry. Trade fucking Odell Beckham. But sign the other good players. Maybe Jalen Johnson in the secondary. So a couple other defensive players. Your Miles Garrett. This is going to give you the flexibility while still having a, a honestly top three, five running back in the league, right? Fantastic. This is just a great job for the Browns. It, it gives me... I mean, every time the Browns do another move, I'm just like, oh, man, I like Kevin Stefanski a little more. Or I like this offense a little more. I like this defense a little more. The Browns are slowly but surely making me like them by doing just smart moves like this and, and, and who they signed in free agency in the moves that they made in the draft. The Cleveland Browns are no longer the Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen. The Cleveland Browns are an NFL football team. Uh, I saw Saquon Barkley today was put on the pup list. Uh, I mean... I. This guy, honestly, I don't even know if this guy's ever going to touch the field again. Saquon Barkley. Is he is he never not hurt? He's such a great talent. Tremendous. But he's just going to be hurt his whole career. It's going to be one of those things where he's going to be hurt. He's not going to get a second contract. He's going to go to another team. He's going to be a backup. In like three or four years, he's going to explode and be this good player for like two years. But right now, this guy can't stay healthy. His body can't handle it. He's on the pump list again. I, who knows how long he's going to miss. It's not looking good for Saquon and the Giants. Uh, we got reports from Steelers camp. Najee Harris looks really fucking good. No no shocker. No surprise here. I think he easily can win rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year. The dude's a, the dude's a monster. He's an animal. I, I've been watching videos of him, and people, they're just raving how they're going to get back to Steeler football. And I've been saying this the whole time. If the Steelers can just get back to Steeler football and run the ball and let Big Ben operate from there at his age, they can win football games. If Najee Harris is the man, and Najee Harris can get, I don't know, I think his rookie year, I don't think 250 touches is out of the question for Najee Harris this year. That is absolutely not out of the question. 250 touches? I, I, I mean, if, if you if you say, hey, Russ, throw out a stat line for Najee Harris's rookie year. 250 touches, 925 rushing yards, 450 receiving yards, and 11 total touchdowns. Offensive rookie of the year. That's what it is. I mean, that's if you think about that, that's what? That's almost 15 total, ton of, 15 total 100 yards right there, right? 1,500 total yards, 11 touchdowns. I think 11 th that 11 touchdowns might be a little high, but I would not be shocked if you look up at Najee Harris's 11 touchdowns, almost 1,000 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards on 250 touches. That sounds like a team that could definitely, with that defense and Big Ben going and that coach from Tomlin, that sounds like that could be a playoff team if that's it. So big news out of Steelers camp for Najee Harris, and I like that. That's that's Najee Harris is a dog. I cannot wait to see him run on Sundays. All right, guys, well, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, I was going to do another segment, but... I'm having a little technical difficulties right now, and it's, uh, I don't know, computers are going to take over the world. Anyway, that's going to be it. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your week. If you listen to this on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, enjoy your day, whatever you're doing. I'm playing some golf tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm excited. I will talk to you all at the end of the week. Watch some training camp. Football's almost here. Let's go. Peace.